Welcome to the Connect2 podcast, uh, field edition. Um, today, we've got a Jeff-free week, but uh, I thought I'd join you anyway, and I've got a friend of mine, Les Wold, to keep us company. So this is um, uh, episode four of season three of the Connect2 podcast. Welcome. If you're new to the channel, rate, review, and subscribe. Um, but uh, that's it. how are you doing, Les? I'm doing great. Introduce yourself. Yeah, so I'm I'm Les. I'm a friend of Mark's for many years, and uh, lucky to be out here at Mount Robson camping and uh, doing this uh, remotely. This is this is fun. <laughs> it should be a lot of fun. So um, usually every week uh, we have a coffee. Today we have a coffee, um, and uh, it is uh, from the Propeller Coffee Company out of Toronto. It's from São Paulo, Brazil. It is called Rivet, and it is uh, molasses, cocoa, and smoky flavor notes. Uh, what do you think? And it is very, very tasty. This is good stuff. And this has been done with an AeroPress. So there you go. Um, so usually uh, we also tell a dad joke or two. I don't know if you have a dad joke. No? Well, I kind of... I live my life with dad jokes, so I could I could probably pull one out. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, why was the mushroom the life of the party? I have no idea. It was the fungi. <laughs> what do you call the black Jetsons? I don't know. The Jetsons. <laughs> anyway, that's good enough for dad joke. Uh, tell me something you learned in the past week or so. Oh, uh, oh, I know one. Um, so iPhones. So I just went back country with my boys and uh, had a great trip. We can, uh, anyway, it was uh, interesting to find out that iPhone 14s and above have, if you don't have cell service, they actually have a connection to satellites. And so there's an SOS. Yeah that you can use for emergencies. I didn't realize that. So so that's great, um, you know, in, in case of emergency. So something I didn't realize. Well, I think that, uh, so there's there's been special providers like Spot and there's a few others that provide a, like a little satellite uh, uplink. Like if you run into problems, you can send it usually a text message or something like that. And it sounds like uh, iPhones are trying to do something. That's, That'd be obviously a bit of a challenge for these guys that have been providing this specialty service before. So yeah. Anyway, although from a from you know someone who goes back country, you know maybe once a year, it's to not have a special subscription just to take your iPhone with you as yeah. a, as a backup for safety. You're going with the boys and want to make sure that there is a way in case you need to reach out. Totally makes sense. So um, one of the things I learned last week was that um, so Elon Musk has got, um, he's the CEO of, uh, of SpaceX. And SpaceX has a subsidiary called Starlink that provides satellite photos, uh, satellite phone and internet, mostly internet. Um, they, um, uh, they have, they launch every week about 60 satellites for their net network. Right now, Starlink's satellites represent 53% of all operating satellites around the planet. They have about 4,500 satellites just to provide, just to provide, um, internet service for remote locations. And there's parts of the world that are dark and, uh, where, where they're basically they're locked out geofenced from, from getting access to Starlink. Um, and one of the 
problems has been uh, Ukraine. So uh, you, Ukraine is uh, whitelisted. So if you're in the Ukraine, you can use the Starlink and the Ukrainians have been using that for their military quite effectively. The problem is Russia is dark. So Starlink doesn't work in Russia. So the determination of where the Ukraine starts and where Russia has caused problems because sometimes Ukraine has been using drones and stuff to try and attack Russian positions right. in what was their what was their country and they they stopped working because Starlink links don't work. Ah. So it's uh it's been quite interesting the whole um there's a lot of polit politics involved, and it's all in the hands of one guy who's a little bit of a Looney Tune. Yeah, that's yeah. a little bit scary. I mean, yeah, it's yeah that crosses my mind sometimes. Yeah, especially with, uh, I don't know if you follow what's going on with Twitter now called X. Yeah, that's just recent. Yeah, about a week ago, um, Elon Musk decided to, he's been obsessed with this thing called X forever. And, I mean, there's a reason why it's, uh, SpaceX and Tesla Model X and he has X and there's an X in I think his kids names there's just a he's got a, a big thing about X he had he had uh, envisioned this thing called X which was like an all-in-one app um, before and then he wanted PayPal to become this and it was kind of a because he was one of the original guys with PayPal and they ended up kicking him out and buying him out of PayPal. It's, he got a lot of money out of the process, but he's been obsessed with this concept of this X since about the late 90s. So he's trying to use what was Twitter, the remnants of Twitter, and to convert it into X. And he goes one step further. So when they launched it last week, they first they started taking down the Twitter sign, and um, but they didn't have permits to take down the sign. So they got stopped and had to had to get the proper permits, and then uh, and then he put this giant, incredibly bright X on the roof, and apparently he also didn't have permits for that, so he had to take it down. So it's like, it's just a, it's one of these guys who's got lots of money and he does whatever he just wants. Just a shotgun approach. Shotgun approach, yeah. and uh, like you know, definitely one of these guys who. Uh, rather seek permission, uh, seek forgiveness than ask permission. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, that's what I learned this week. And I also learned, uh, that, uh, well, we've got two different mics here. Um, so it might sound a little bit different, but it shouldn't be good. And speaking of dark, we're, we're dark right now. There's no Wi-Fi out here. There is no Wi-Fi. There is. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's all good, but we're also sitting in the middle of my camper. So, uh, it's awesome. <laughs> um, um, so today, uh, we're, uh, we're going to talk about, about Les. So Les, tell me what kind of work you do. What kind of work? So I'm part of Effect Home Builders and we build very energy efficient homes and always trying to be innovators in that field and, uh, really, you know, incorporating accessibility and, uh, and just listening to our homeowners and figuring out what really makes the most sense for them and then bringing it to fruition. So it's, it's a great space to be. They've got a great team that we work with and uh, have lots of, lots of fun along the way. What's the, the, the biggest thing you're most proud of with them? Most proud of, well, I would say, you know, when we, 
So we started in 2001 and we've uh, just been kind of building over the years, but it's it's always been about incremental growth and making sure that we're we're in this for the long game. And I, I'm really happy about when we started, we had to do a lot of educating over energy efficiency and kind of what the what the benefits are not only from reducing consumption but also increased comfort etc and uh, so we used to have to do a lot of educating and now people are becoming much more aware and are actually seeking it out and that that's driving our business so it's just nice to now we can have next level conversations where it's not just about the energy efficiency but it's about okay how are we going to live in this home long term? How do we make it more accessible and universal design and 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 those kind of things? So it's it's really taking the homes to the next level. Well, and you you were pretty helpful uh, for me when I was looking at putting solar on uh, um, on my house. Uh, you helped connect me with uh, the outfits. I think it's Skyfire, and uh, we. Uh, we put solar on and and that's been a bit of a interesting game changer and uh well you know much more about solar than i certainly do and uh oh and you have solar on your house too yes yeah on my north facing slope <laughs> roof with some bra with some brackets to uh to lift them up so they can so what are the kinds of things you have to worry about when you're doing solar well, first of all, you need a, a space to put them. So whether it's a roof or on acreages, you can potentially, you know, do it on the ground. But uh, uh, obviously, you need so solar access, and uh, any kind of shading really has a big impact mm -hmm. on uh, on the performance of the of the system. I do say we get a lot, asked a lot of questions about, well, what about in the winter when there's snow cover, and when when we're calculating and figuring out what, where solar makes sense snow cover and uh you know that's all taken into account and there's no i guess what i get asked a lot is do i need to go and clean off the solar modules whenever it snows and absolutely not that they, they just don't work as well while there's snow covered but it the calculations are based on year round with a certain amount of snow cover yeah well i do notice uh like in the winter, if there's no snow on the on the, on the panels, I still get pretty good, pretty good healthy production on a, a sunny day. Well, Edmonton but, is known for we we are a sunny spot, and uh, we have we have colder days in the in the winter, but quite often they're clear, clear sunny cold days. Yeah, and uh, actually, if, my understanding is the modules work even a little bit better. When, it's, when cold? it's colder out, really, I we'd have to fact check that, but that's my understanding. Okay, yeah. I will. Uh, I, so every 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 week when I post this, I also post links on uh, Facebook. Uh, we have a Facebook page, and uh, it'll will include links. So I'll look that up when I when we post the drop, drop the episode. Um, yeah, um, yeah. So uh, solar is uh, it's uh, it it. It's been really interesting, especially the whole concept of solar clubs, which I didn't know even before I... Now, in Alberta, we've got some funky rules, and I think it's different from jurisdiction it to is, jurisdiction. Yeah. But in Alberta, you know, whatever you pay for your power is, is if you're generating solar and putting it back into the grid. Because there's basically two configurations. One is, um, one is where you use batteries, and one is where you use the grid as a battery. And the, so if you're using the grid as a battery, you have to pay at the same rate. Um, you have to, you get, you get 
you get to produce and sell at the same rate you buy, which is great, except it doesn't account for any of the transmission, distribution, or all those little extra charges that show up on electric. But if you use a, if you go with a solar club, they kind of take advantage of when you're producing a lot versus when you're not producing a lot to get you a differential price rate. Yeah. So when you're, when you're producing a lot, you're, when you're producing more than you're consuming, then, then you're at the high rate and then you're selling it back at the high rate and then you switch to the lower one when you're, no, when you're consuming more. Yeah. yeah. It's great. It's uh it really helps too. In fact, we had a, I, I, I met with a, a homeowner that we built a net zero home for a couple of years ago and I bumped into him in the summer and he's got a net zero home, which means the home produces as much energy as it consumes, but he's also got two electric cars. One's a Tesla and I'm not sure what the other one is. And, uh, and he was just beaming because he, he hasn't had to pay any fuel for his vehicles or his house for since since he built it and he uh he gets even a little bit of cash back like a credit even further like he makes a little bit on it right so really? so basically it, he's insulated from the you know when utilities spike or when there's different uh changes in the market he you know it's no cost to him right so. yeah yeah I, I do think that 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 the whole idea of being able to insulate yourself a little bit from the variable price because that's the the, the, the price the the part that is going to be the um, most difficult to, is the is the like the transmission distribution all those costs are pretty fixed but the part that floats is the part related to the generation or the consumption right so. yeah and and this homeowner too him and his his uh, wife are semi-retired or i think one of them actually might be retired now and uh so they they're more on a fixed income and they're loving it because they don't have these surprises and they've also they wanted to live in the neighborhood for for as long as they could so they built their home like wheelchair accessible and not that they need a wheelchair at this time but like so they they can live in the community you know for much much longer oh that's interesting that's very cool uh so what do you like to do in your spare time hmm Lots. <laughs> well, I I guess one of the most uh, one of my favorite things is really getting outside and enjoying what nature, what Alberta has to offer. Yeah, even um, though we're sitting in BC right now. Well, yeah, <laughs> BC, Alberta. Yeah. Well, I was in Radium earlier uh, with with my family um, oh, earlier this BC. summer. Yeah, also BC. <laughs> so so BC is in our in our uh, catchment area <laughs> there. So. Uh, yeah, just getting out like uh, when when we were we went uh, whitewater rafting and yep. went backcountry camping with the with the boys had just an absolute um, blast with them and uh, uh, what else just, just you know even car camping like uh, at Mount Robson here it's it's just fun going we uh, this is a couple years ago but uh, you know even that that uh, legacy trail between Canmore and Banff biking that it's like. 50 kilometers round trip i think it's okay. like 25 now, there Some and people commute, commute daily. yeah it's 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 quite it's reasonably flat and it's nice smooth service they did a great job is it, on is that it noisy you know? from uh, the road is it pretty noisy or not? <laughs> like it, it kind of comes and goes it, sometimes it's closer to the road and sometimes it's not but it was it was it was just a nice a nice bike okay. and we even had i can't remember how old our youngest was at the time but but probably like under 10 and uh, and he did it 
Hmm. And uh, yeah, so it was good. So outdoor outdoor activities are are what I love to do. I recently went. Um, uh, unfortunately, uh, a friend passed away, and so we uh, to commemorate and celebrate his uh, his life. A, a bunch of us got together and went uh, canoeing down in North Saskatchewan. So started at the Genesee Power Station and canoed halfway to Edmonton, and then camped overnight on an island um, on Crown Land, and well, then continued. Which, which is which is which I wanted to ask you about because uh, I mean. So right now we're front camp country camping, which is we're in a campground where you can pull your vehicle in. And you've done a lot of backcountry camping, which is usually you're going on, uh, you're going on, you're going somewhere where you're packing everything in. And you're, but you've also done Crownland camping, which is uh, I don't know if that's specific to Alberta. I don't think it is. But uh, tell me a bit about what what is involved with Crown Crownland camping. Yeah. So. Crowdland camping is it kind of takes it to the next level because you quite often don't have anything. you know facilities or anything so so you have to make sure first of all and talk to my boys about this is always leave the place better than what how you found it right, right. so of course no litter or if you see anything you know take it out with you uh, but yeah like. Um, some 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 crown line camping like the the one we recently went on which is all stone um all stones lake um it was a kind of it was a really steep hike but it wasn't an extra long hike so it was it was perfect when we got out there and there was a little uh toilet that was out there like um uh, they call yeah green throne <laughs> what we call it and uh but but you don't always have that right so then you have to you know dig a latrine and those kind of things so that's that's the kind of little extra pieces of it but it's so nice you totally escape there's no tent pads or anything so it's like you you create your own little space but you want to disturb as little as you can and uh yeah it's 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 a great little outing well i heard you have to be a bit careful about some spots because some people will kind of set up and well they'll use the fact that it's crown land to uh to stay up all night and um, be loud and run generators the whole time. Whereas if you're in any kind of front country camping, usually there's uh, there's limits or restrictions on noise and uh, and behavior. And, and sometimes people are a little possessive, like uh, of the location that they're in. Like this is our spot. Stay away. <laughs> Have you ever encountered any of that? Not so much. Like usually when we go back country, especially into the Crown Land, like it's. Where it's first come first serve, so okay. whoever's there gets to claim the better tenting sites, etc. But you're nobody's got generators up there because you have to hike everything right. in. And um, but but I think I think if people do the the crown land and they're close to the road, they'll drive into. Them. Oh yeah, yeah. So when usually when we do it, it's at least you know eight ten kilometers in where it's in it's usually quite a bit of elevation and and sometimes it's even further than that and so it's it really weeds out the the, the I'm good, yeah the riffraff <laughs> so i mean and you can still get out there and you know I, i've never in, in back country i've never had wild partying around i had definitely in front country absolutely over the years but seen that but and maybe participated in it but <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't talk about that. <laughs> but yeah so back country i find it it's more i, I guess there could be people that are um territorial except but i haven't really run into that no okay so what else do you like doing? 
What else? Um, what's this is interesting. It's completely different than my regular work life and stuff. But I, I, I really like outer space. And, okay. And, so like, there's this. Uh, there's just uh, unwind stuff. There's a, a podcast I recently came across and started listening to. It's called Ask a Spaceman. Okay. Um, by Paul Suter Sutter, and uh, it is neat. Like it just, he talks about black holes and about quantum theory and, and uh, all these different things, which I don't pretend to be an expert in, but I find it quite interesting, right? And yeah, just, yeah. you know, the formation of the universe and like how vast the universe is. And so I just love that. Or the other night there was a, I can't remember, my youngest said it was a, uh, a sturgeon moon. I haven't looked that up yet, but it was the brightest moon I've seen in years. And, okay. and we we took some time and checked it out and we we pulled out his uh old little telescope that's kind of more like a toy than a real tel and so we set it up and all it was was just a big bright light in the telescope so it wasn't <laughs> wasn't quite the impact i was hoping to like really see the features of the moon there but well it's interesting i mean as a as a photographer trying to sh trying to shoot images of the moon like you know everybody's seen the moon but the moon is really difficult to photograph cuz it uh I mean, people don't realize it's not very big. It's very bright. And uh, so if you see a picture of the moon lit up with stars in the background, that's not one photo because it's so bright. You don't see, you would see black around it normally. And uh, and it, it, it moves super fast across the sky. So if you're trying to take a picture, if you don't take a picture with really fast shutter speed that captures it, you just get a smear because it it's it's motoring. Right. Because right, you think about it, it's got to go across the entire sky, usually between about 10 or 12 hours. Yeah. So that's a lot of sky for something that's not very big. Is that faster than uh, Santa or about the same? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the, the moon is a quarter of the earth, size of the earth, like 25. So it's it's big. It's far. But, but it's actually the biggest satellite or moon of any of the planets, I think, that any of the planets have. I think so, yeah. It, it, it is the, yeah, it's the largest. It's the largest. And it's critical to how we have tides. Oh, it's it, huge impact. And it was it was actually created because, I think it was Theia, the other, another planet crashed into Earth. And then that was the remnants of the of that major collision. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know that. I, I've, I've heard lots of theories about where the moon is. I'll, uh, I'll see what I can find about Thea. So, <laughs> so uh, there you go. Um, so, what do you have planned for the summer? So this summer, we just we're kind of getting our camping out of our system here, and then uh, gonna be going on a little wine tasting trip to Kelowna with my wife nice. and, uh, and her sister and partner. So we're just going to hang out, love, love tasting a little bit of wine. And uh, what kind of back. wine do you like? What's your favorite wine? Well, I definitely, you know, we like the, the, Full bodied. Uh, I know you're an old world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I always, I always call you out on that. Old world yeah, uh, wine, yeah. wino. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, just and and of course in the, I, I I prefer reds, but I, on the other hand, in the summer when it's warm out, of course, a nice chilled white is is really nice as mm -hmm. well. So, um, yeah, I, I like Cab Savs, and uh, well, there's quite a list of of. Um, that, that we like but uh, like to 
play around with it and try new things as well. Well, it's interesting because we live in Canada. Like uh, we don't we don't have a ton of cab salves. We have some. Um, they tend to be all grown in the same part of uh, or part of BC. There there's some from Ontario as well, but they're not as. I think the BC wines are better than Ontario. I'm sure that's very controversial. Oh, yeah. But the uh, but. Uh, yeah, so the red wines tend to be grown in the very bottom towards the Soyuz in the in the Okanagan Valley, and uh, and that carries on into Washington State, where it's kind of a desert down there. But that that area is great wine growing country. Yeah, in and the Soyuz is big fires out there right now. Yeah, right which now. Is not, uh, that's not going to be good for the wine. That's not good, yeah. I'm going to get that smoky flavor. Yeah, whether you want it or not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the further north you go, they, they transition to a lot more uh, whites. Mm-hmm. So if you go up near uh, Vernon, Vernon is a lot more white wines. Um, uh, and, uh, and then as you go further south. Now, a lot of these wineries, they'll source grapes from different parts of the okanagan so you can get a winery that's further north but they're grabbing grapes blending it yeah 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 so um yeah it's quite neat it's a it's a it's a neat area it's it's very pretty and and the nice thing about any place you go that does a lot of wine um like if you go to australia go to france or go to the states or bc particularly the okanagan anywhere that's wine growing they always have good food Oh, <laughs> because it's kind of like uh, it go, goes, goes hand, hand in glove, hand. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, good food and uh, and good wine. So, I'm, I'm sure you'll have a great time. Well, and part of what's exciting about too is it's just the four of us going, and so the, the boys are they've got plans and they've got stuff going on, and so it's just uh, my wife and I sneaking away. So, well, that's very cool. Yeah, um, I don't know, anything else you want to? talk about hmm just trying to think there's uh, I, I i one thing that did cross my mind is i had a uh we have a 104 year old neighbor oh yeah that uh she she turned 104 in february okay and then uh and she was living in her own home by herself she'd have support come in throughout you know occasionally not occasionally daily but uh but she was living there by herself now in the last couple months she did move to a care center but uh so i sat down with her and sometimes i'd i'd sneak over there with and share a beer with her and she would just love it and uh and so i asked her what her you know what her secret to success was or what you know what important what what really makes life um you know for a while for her. yeah yeah rewarding and and uh and she she said two things being active and really connecting with family and friends and 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 just getting out and doing things and and when she was saying that and I look at her and she like literally 104 in her own home and uh, still like moving around and very with it. And I mean, part of it's genetics, but part of it is your mindset and, and that you're active and you're doing things. So if she's 104. Does she have kids? Are they still? Well, her kids are in their 80s. I know. That's <laughs> the math I was thinking here. And I like I know she's got she's got great grandkids. I'm trying to think if there's beyond that. Um but yeah, there's like, there's a huge family that's like, you know, started with her, right? Right. 
So, so yeah, because uh, I mean, if you're if you've got kids who are in their eighties, they're also probably in the process of thinking about whether they need to be going into care as well. Yeah. So that that makes it difficult because then you're relying on grandkids to try and help grandma and dad and mom and, and great grandma yeah, <laughs> because and they, they would be in their 60s presumably yeah yeah unless unless you're older parents but yeah yeah so it's, it's i just always find that it's nice to really you know to talk to people and really listen to what they say and and try take away little nuggets and mm-hmm. incorporate them into your life that's very cool um yeah so uh one of the things that we often talk about on this podcast is we'll talk about uh media that we're consuming what kind of media you're consuming have you been consuming well uh i'm i'm part of a book club a small little book club and it's a a fun little group it's not i wouldn't call ourselves a overly serious book club but we have you know you guys only do murder mysteries yeah yeah (laughs) but and uh but we have real like we you know we actually have real discussions sometimes they get pretty deep about the book and sometimes if the book is not you know whether the book is good or bad we mm-hmm. have like full-on discussions about it and how many I, people are in your book club uh there's uh, it kind of fluctuates between eight to ten mm-hmm. uh generally but i'm quite excited we're right now we're reading uh it's uh, the the Bingo Hall Detectives, mm-hmm. and it's by uh, Jonathan Whitlaw, and so we're we're reading it, and we're going to be setting up our uh, our our next gathering in September. But the author might we're just confirming things, but the author might be able to come out and and because he's from and, Grand Prairie, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, and uh, so we're we're trying to see, if, but it, it it's looking fairly hopeful. So that's pretty cool. We haven't ever done that before. Well, that's awesome. And I've we've all purchased our books, and I've got mine all ready for the signature. And oh, really? <laughs> he was, we'll see if maybe he'll read a little excerpt for us. So that's that's and how's pretty the book fun. so far? Well, I'm only in the, the third chapter, and it's it's flowing along. It's it's a good read so far so i don't want to give away anything but it's uh it's it, it's kind of light and it, it's uh it, it's good well because you're not a social media guy no like i i i'm not a big uh i'm not a a, a big facebook fan I, I i think sometimes uh information is used in the wrong way so but on the other hand it is there's some positives that come out of it like you're able to you know, stay connected with people mm-hmm. and that. So it's kind of a balance between, you know, not putting too much personal stuff on there, but also being able to reconnect or stay connected with people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are certain good things about Facebook. There are certain things that are not great. Well, Jeff, I don't know if you know, Jeff had problems with his Facebook. His, uh, his, um, somebody stole his Facebook account. Oh, so I, I'm not entirely sure how they got control of it but they were able to change the email and the phone number so but nobody's gotten any messages anything from jeff's old account it's just uh it's like a zombie uh a zombie account right now so but part of the issue with facebook and it's one of the things you always have to realize is you're the product right you're not the customer Mm -hmm. customers are all the advertisers and all that stuff whereas you are the product your information and access to you is the product and uh so if you have facebook and something goes wrong like it did with jeff where you couldn't get his account back there is no customer support yeah you can't actually get customer support although they're talking about 
doing some sort of subscription-based uh, technical support. So you can actually, if you pay a monthly fee for Facebook, you get a few things. And one of the things you get is customer support, which is just, it's crazy. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's, I, I guess what's tainted me a little bit, because when Facebook first came out, I'm like, oh, this is great. And I'm like putting on my favorite musicians yeah, and yeah. I'm putting in, you know, all this all this information and connecting with, and then started over time seeing that at first it was all, you know, you know, no monetary, nothing associated with it. Now it's all focused on how, how it can generate revenue for, for the company, right. And selling information. So I, I'm not a big conspiracy. I just, I don't like. Well, it's funny though. All the people who were complaining about like, you know, with vaccinations, getting chips implanted to track you. I'm going, they don't need that because you've got your phone and you willingly give all the information away. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, on Instagram, you, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> like, but there are some real like with our home building company, yeah. it's it's very useful to be able to show, you know, cool projects and mm -hmm. and and, you know, kind of help educate a little bit on you know efficiency and agent place and these different things that that people might know a little bit about but it gives an opportunity to share a little bit more and and generate interest that way right and uh, so there's there's definitely uses for it but yeah, I, yeah. I've, just on a personal level i've pulled back a bit on it but our company is still you know all companies need to be you know engaged have with some it, right? some sort of presence well i always worry because uh because like uh, a lot of these social media services are a bit um, passive, right? Like people just consume it. And uh, and especially now with a lot of these short form videos, like, um, like reels and um, stories and uh, YouTube shorts. Yeah, and they're here and TikToks. gone. TikToks. Um, well, I mean, first of all, I watch them and I go like, there's a lot of effort somebody's spent putting that together and you watch it for 30 seconds and you're on to the next thing like it's uh it's not it's basically just people continuously scrolling by and whether or not your your content is good enough to attract them is that moment and uh, i don't know yeah i don't know it's, it's kind of like i don't know if uh, one of the things i notice on tiktok and i'm trying to seriously curb my social media consumption but the um one of the things they would do is you get these clips from parts of a movie usually like the best most exciting you know exciting parts like of a mission impossible or something like that you get these super exciting clips and then it just ends and they don't actually tell you what film it was or nothing like that and you're going like what the hell did i, did I just watch and uh so they kind of hook you in and then you you let go right like it's mm -hmm. uh, anyway it's it, that's just annoying you know you know what that brings to mind you're asking what media i'm consuming and uh so uh, the shining with that here's johnny yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Uh, jack nicholson and uh so i've been watching depending on the the kids age but i've been watching old classics with them oh, really like, like the shining or shawshank redemption or we had a we set up a projector out at uh, at a cabin and uh, watched Rocky three and Rocky four, the best the best two Rockies. Okay. okay. <laughs> and I know that they're they're corny, but man, it was just it's just fun to watch these old old shows with with the guys and uh, with the kids and let them see 
see their reaction and just have some fun with that. Well, I um uh, I just uh, so you say you're you're a space fan. So one of the things I just finished consuming was uh, have you ever watched the TV sh- TV series The Expanse? I watched a couple episodes of it. Oh, that is that is a phenomenal. Uh, series. I think it's unbelievably great. Um, so, um, and it's based on a novel series called The Expanse. And uh, so the the series, a TV show, it went on for, I think, six seasons, covered the first six books. Um, and then at the, between the sixth book and the seventh book, there's a like a time jump, like they go revisit a lot of the same characters, but it's like, it's not an entirely clear how long it is about 20 to 30 years after and um anyway there's three more books so i just finished the audiobook of the ninth and the last one of the expanse so it's quite interesting it uh it's quite interesting because it kind of it's it's like this overall story arch and then it 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 winds everything up and then it kind of ends so there's uh there's definitely no room for a a 10th book in the same with the same characters it has to be different characters so gotcha it uh yeah Yeah. Uh, on a a similar vein uh, so in our book club we read the peripheral oh yeah yeah and really liked it it was like yeah, I I really enjoyed that. And then on, I'm not sure if it's on. It's on Prime. Amazon. I think it's on yeah. Amazon. Yeah, Prime, yeah. Uh, and so I got to watch it, and it's not exactly what, the, but it's it's not too dissimilar from from the the book. And uh, it was quite. I I love that. I love reading a book and then watching a movie after. I like the. Oh, I I'm quite intrigued about uh, listening to the peripheral as as a as a book because I really enjoyed the TV series. Like it, it was very interesting ideas, the whole concept. Like, so one of the things is I get these uh, little packages of samplers of coffee from all across Canada. Um, that's and why we're friends. That's why we're... <laughs> <laughs> and, but so one of the things I've done is I end up with these little leftover bits of coffee, which is not enough. Well, it's enough, but it, it's only enough for one. It's not really enough to share. Uh, so what I've done is I've put it all in one container. I call it jackpot coffee after oh. the jackpot <laughs> never from. <laughs> and you give that to your friends, your enemies. You know, surprisingly, it actually tastes really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so that, that's that's good. What else? Have, um, have you been, are you a Star Trek or a Star Wars guy? Uh, I like both, but I, I'm, I'm Star Wars okay. more. So I know that you're, you're Trekkie. Trek yeah. Well, because I've been watching this uh, series, um, uh, Star uh, Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. I don't know. Uh, do you know much about Star Trek or not really? It, uh, from the old days, but not. I haven't followed it. So this Strange New Worlds is basically the voyages of the Enterprise, the original Enterprise. In the five years before uh, Captain Kirk showed, mm. so the original Star Trek series. Okay. So um and uh, and uh, so the captain is so in the in the original series you see the former captain and he's disfigured and all that stuff. His name is Christopher Pike, and then you you see it. So so this is the story about the five years before that lead up to the whole thing so it's very and it's very it's it's by far of all the star trek series i say it's the best the best star trek series 
by far. Okay, I gotta watch like, that. The writing is incredible, and uh, like every episode, it, the the character development is through the roof, and um, and and they're interesting and engaging characters. You, you'll like them. Nice. Uh, and uh, and the guy who plays Christopher Pike, he's quite he's quite uh, he's quite charismatic. So it's uh, it's it's well done, and it ties up all these. Like if you're a big Star Trek fan, there's all these. They call it canon, which is like in Star Wars. There's all these stories of where people come from and where what this is and how that ties in with their their reality or their universe. And uh, it's uh it it ties up a lot of things that people go, I oh, I never knew that, you know. And all of a sudden it it fits light, light bulb yeah. and they fix problems with the old stuff that didn't make sense and now it makes sense uh, so it's quite clever and um but i have to say there was the most recent episode i watched i don't like musicals i kind of hate them uh, there are a few exceptions usually really good ones um and this last episode of star trek was kind of a musical really? <laughs> and you're going like how did they make that work? I'm going like I was really skeptical, but it was good. It worked. It worked. I mean, you have to. There is a couple of spot parts that you have to suspend a little bit, believe, but it it generally makes sense. In a in a and it's it's fun. It I mean, there it's clear that the actors and the writers are having a lot of fun. So it's uh, very uh, self aware. So it's well, awesome. Anyway. That's awesome. I. I grew up watching Captain Kirk and Spock yeah. and Scotty. Well, so Spock is in this. There is this Spock, oh, okay. and he does a really good job of of Spock. And it's uh, so you've got Nurse Chapel from the original series. You've got Spock. Um, who else? And uh, and Uhura. So those are the three characters that that uh, in this series that end up. In, on on Kirk's Enterprise, but none of the oh, and, uh, and James Kirk is in this series too. So is his uh, brother Sam. Okay, <laughs> so it's quite interesting. But none of the none of the people in the red suits make it. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this one, they don't. It, it's not as uh, it is a little bit different. But and unlike a lot of um, a lot of TV shows like The Peripheral or The Expanse or lots of. TV shows now then are all serialized. So you kind of need to watch them in order because something happens in this episode and then it builds on the next. With um, with the Strange New Worlds, it's done really well where there's a little bit of that, but each episode you kind of can watch on its own. They're kind of their own story and they fit in a larger story, but they always have their own story, which is, which is kind of a... Which is really, it's refreshing. Marvel did a really good job of that leading up to uh, Infinity, uh, Infinity Wars. Infinity Wars, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, where it's, they could be standalone stories, but they all built on the bigger, exactly. the bigger concept. Yeah. Well, that's uh, Strange New Worlds. Strange New Worlds. Star Trek Strange New Worlds. There's two seasons right now. They're in the, the, just about to finish the, the second season. And the other thing I've been watching, which I don't know if I like it or not, is uh, the production values are through the roof. It's an Apple Plus um, show called Foundation, based on Isaac Asimov's Foundation, which I have to say, as a book, is one of the most boring books I've ever read. Okay. <laughs> like, interesting concepts. Yeah, like, the concepts are super interesting in the book. Uh, but 
Um, I mean, it was a book that was done in the early 50s. And I mean, there's, uh, I think the first woman shows up in the book in like page 500. Like it's, uh, it, it's, it's definitely a man's world. Dated. It's yeah. dated. It, 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 it is dated and it, uh, but, and essentially people are rewarded for doing nothing in the foundation. It's kind of. If you've read it, you might know what the hell I'm talking about. But uh, this book is, the, or the TV series, is way more interesting with a lot of strong female characters. So you, you, some of the characters that in the book might have been male or are female in the in the show, and it works, and it's interesting. I have no idea where it's going. Um, yeah, yeah, but the production values. I mean through the roof and i i think i saw that there's a, a podcast about it as well there is yeah i have not listened to it but i've 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 seen that there's a podcast so too. you've got the book you got the the show and then and then you got the podcast, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah or you could listen to this podcast but anyway <laughs> anyway um that's basically it thanks for joining us in the uh the wilderness although it's not super wild it's uh it's a nice day and it's getting a little toasty in here, but I gotta get some cracks and windows open. But, well, yeah. this was fun. Thanks, thanks for having me. And, yeah, uh, yeah, it's good times. Yeah, excellent. Well, uh, have a great week. You too. Thanks. Take care. Bye. <laughs>